Welcome everybody back to the Nuggets of Gold podcast and YouTube channel for today's episode. We're going to be talking about this just brutal 49ers loss to the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. Um, we are recording on Monday morning, so had a little bit of time to digest the uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo performance and really just the atrocious offensive performance that unfortunately overshadowed just back-to-back games where the Niners defense has been unbelievable. Um, and now you're kind of looking at this team going, what is going to happen because of how bad this offense looks? So, Aiden, I'll ask you, man, like, what were you feeling after after watching that game last night? In a word, demoralized. Um, the, I think both of us had very high expectations for this season. Uh, obviously didn't start on a great note with the, that, that monsoon game, but things seemed to rebound last week, and now we're back, and I would honestly say a worse loss than that Bears monsoon game because, I mean, even though we controlled the game for most of it, like there was just kind of this creeping sense of dread where it was like, we're only up seven. We're only up five. Wait, now we're losing. Um, And it was just, it was, it was a tough thing to watch. And I just had like going into that final drive from really most of the fourth quarter, I had zero hope that we would score. Um, and that's not, I guess, a usual spot to be in as a 49er fan. The offense hasn't been perfect, but I've, I'm, I'm usually reasonably optimistic that we can get the ball at least in the field goal range. And I just did not feel that way last night, which was very, very frustrating. And um, I think all these Jimmy truthers who um, I, 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 I think we understand a little bit better why the Niners decided to sort of mortgage the future and go after a, a Trey Lance to replace Jimmy, because I think you're going to have games like this um, where I think if Lance plays, you win by 15. Dude, hundred percent. I feel like honestly, like any quarterback, you might win by over 15. Like it was, it was that, that of a performance where we got to see, like, I think we got to see an all time play on Sunday night football, not in a good way. Um, I don't think we will ever see a quarterback run out of the back of the end zone and throw a pick six on the same play. That is something that's up there with the butt fumble, the, I think it was Chuck Pagano's fake punt a few years back, just some ridiculous plays. Um, and that was like, I feel like the perfect play to kind of summarize what that game looked like. Just not to mention on that play, you also lost Trent Williams. Like it doesn't get worse than that. Um, and it, dude, it's, it's rough because we're going to talk definitely way more about the offense that started out. But like I said, the defense was so ridiculous where if your offense is just decently competent, if you had one more touchdown drive and you don't have that crazy safety play, like we're going to leave that feeling so much different of like, yeah, the offense didn't look good, but hey, this defense is that legit. This defense is the best defense in the NFL, which easily could be the case. But when you're that on incompetent on the offensive side of the football, it's hard to be really positive in any regard. Um, we look at kind of the Niners run game in this one. Their run game wasn't that bad. They Jeff Wilson went 12 for 75, and Jordan Mason had one carry for seven yards. They just didn't run the football that much. I was confused about that. I think that's one area where you could be critical of Kyle in, of like they kind of abandoned the run when the passing game wasn't working. Um, I think that's fair. But I think this idea that like, oh, this loss is all on Kyle. Kyle sucked. Like, dude, he's scheming up wide open plays. We saw two plays at Debo Samuel where it is an easy touchdown easy touchdown pass where you just have to get the ball like a little bit ahead of him where he doesn't have to complete. I mean, one of them, Jimmy didn't even see him and he literally looks to the right and goes whoop. And then looks back to the left and just checks it down to someone. I think it was incomplete. Um, 
And then the one that Debo did catch on the sideline early on in the game, there was a horribly thrown football. Like if you can just get it outside the numbers, like leading him, not even leading him, just kind of where he's at. Like Debo has to turn, go fall all the way into the sideline and like barely catches the ball where he has like 20, like 10, 20 yards of cushion. Like those are gimmies. Those are absolute gimmies for the offense. Um, And then we saw a lot of passes missed across the middle. There was the little Debo play where he's running like that, like kind of like triangle route, I think is what you would call it, um, at the backfield. And he, I think it was a linebacker, destroys the linebacker, gets wide open, and the throw is so far behind him. It's not even close. And I believe that was a third down. Um, the Niners started 0 for 9 on third down. I think they ended up converting one third down at the end. Um, not like it was really that meaningful, and you could kind of feel the pain all game, but the Broncos punted 10 times and there was no ability for them to capitalize. I think it was in the first half. The Niners were averaging seven yards of play and we're like over seven on third down like that. You don't see that very often. Um, so this is one where if we're going to point fingers, I think it's pretty easy who we're pointing the finger at in this one. And it's funny because this is like the same conversation we'd have like throughout last season, like all the time. Oh man. Like look at Jimmy against the Colts. Look at Jimmy against the Titans. Look at Jimmy against the Cardinals. And it was just brutal because it's like, if you don't have, like, if you get top 30 quarterback play, you're winning that game. Jimmy was the worst quarterback in the NFL this week. I know people are say, oh, Fields played really bad. Yeah, but like, it, like I, I maybe you could toss Fields in. Fields had a really rough game. But like, dude, Goff is playing way better than Jimmy. Way better. It's not even close. Flacco is had, has played better than Jimmy. Joe Flacco. In 2022, is playing better than than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you brought it up that you know we kind of see like why the 49ers moved on from Jimmy. We were talking about it like, hey, you know, maybe this is one of those situations where you know you get the veteran in, you get Trey Lance a little bit more film work under his belt. Maybe he is a two year project until he starts one game, and we're going, yep, that's not the case. That was not the case. We would rather have Trey out here, and you'd rather see those growing pains, which we had had said that we would like to see like throughout the season. We were expecting to see. Um, but I think it was very quick. Like, I don't think Jimmy makes this team better at all um, because he can go out and play that bad. Like, the floor of Jimmy Garoppolo being a nine-year veteran is absolutely insane of how bad he will play sometimes. So that's kind of my initial thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo. I also do want to talk about this offensive line because with Trent Williams' injury, you have some massive, massive, massive question marks on that O-line. And I felt like last year a lot of the reason that the 49ers were able to win a lot of games was because they would they were still able, even though the offense wasn't good last year, they were still able to, to suffocate the other teams with that running game, and their offensive line was a strength, where now your quarterback and your offensive line are probably your two biggest weaknesses on this roster. So I have massive question marks there, but do you want to bring anything else more up about Jimmy Garoppolo? I know I kind of ripped him a decent amount, but I, I think it's pretty fair at this point. Yeah, I mean... In this, I can count on one hand the, the amount of times that I've been, even during the horrible dark years where I just had, it was just so frustrating. Like, it was hard for me to watch um, some of what was was happening. And you can be critical of, of Kyle. I don't think the, the play calling was amazing. But I think even, like, some of those rushing numbers are a little bit inflated because Jeff Wilson had that 50-yard run. And so without that, he's, what, 11 of 20? Like, 11 for and 20 had- yards? And he also had like another one that was about 15 yards. Yeah. So uh, offensive line definitely didn't play amazing, but they're not the reason that we lost the the game. Um, 
and I think hopefully for for the sake of of the rest of the the 49er season we're both rooting for Jimmy to do well um hopefully he just had a week and it was a short week and he didn't really get to settle in and didn't feel super prepared and he'll he'll be better next week but like when when your defense gives up they they gave up what nine points nine points and you lose a football game um it's it's very very frustrating like you you can be critical of of fields they won they scored 23 points and they they won so it's hard to be too too critical yeah his passing numbers weren't weren't awesome but um his ability to run makes so much difference to to the defense similar to what we saw with with Lance i think i think the the broncos did what a lot of defenses are are going to do to the 49ers this year they're going to stack the box and say Jimmy Garoppolo Kyle may scheme dudes wide open, but you're still going to miss them. So might as well uh, just stack the box and stop, stop the run. So, I mean, for, for me, Jimmy needs to prove me wrong. He's pretty, he's pretty much showed me the worst case possible so far. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I just want to see something. There was, there was no flashes of, of good uh, of, of him doing anything off, off script. There was a sack in, in the, the first half where he, he got pressured early, but like somehow got away. The the defensive lineman sort of fell down, and Jimmy like was surprised that he that he got away, and then turtled, and then got got tackled. And it was one of those plays where you could see where a guy like Trey could get out of the pocket and do something. Maybe it's in, maybe he overthrows or does something out of the pocket that that isn't good. But the ability to do something off off script is not something that that Jimmy has. So. I, I don't really have anything else to, to add to that. I, I just wanted to bring up one more thing because you talked about Justin Fields' ability to kind of get out of the pocket. And I, I'm literally talking about like who was the worst quarterback this week. I'm not trying to like praise Fields or anything. But another thing to kind of mention in that is it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have guys schemed wide open. Wide open. Like we've seen how nasty Ayuk is. Ayuk is destroying corners left and right. He was doing that last year towards the end of the season. And this year he has just been on it, had a clinic in terms of route running. You have Kyle Juszczyk just getting wide open on, on linebackers. Like you have basically like so many different options. And if you're looking, if you're looking like into coverage of how it looks, there are guys open all the time, all the time. Fields is throwing to Equinemia St. Brown and Dante Pettis who are not open. They're getting clamped. Like his leading pass, his, his leading receiver was Equinemia St. Brown. That's crazy, dude. So I think that's another thing you kind of have to bring to is like the situation. And that's why I think when people are like, oh, this is on Kyle. It's like we can critique Kyle of not calling good plays because I thought the play calling was pretty bad, I would say. Um, But more because it was bad because he didn't adapt to his quarterback being able to do nothing. That's how I took it as. Jimmy can't do anything. Dude, your defense is going crazy. Just run the football. Try to take it as much out of Jimmy's hands as you possibly can. Now, it's still hard to do that because it's like, we can't even throw screen passes. Like we can't even throw 10 yard plays across the middle. Like, um, so I think it was kind of tough. Um, I also think that's like so much for the, uh, Oh yeah, we're going to start ripping it outside the numbers this year. We're going back to 2017. I don't know if you, if you saw those quotes um, after last week, but I feel like that's kind of gone out of the window. It's like, okay, let's just complete basic slant passes across the middle. And that would be a big step in the, in the right direction. Um, But Keeping it in this Broncos game, and we'll come back to Jimmy. We'll talk about the kind of the quarterback and that O-line like individually. But what about the defensive side of the ball? How do you feel about that? Because I feel like this will be a, a much more positive discussion. 
yeah, t- I thought that that they looked really, really well. Hufunga looks like another fifth round gem. Um, he looks like a perennial pro pro bowler. Really, like honestly, exceeded every one of my wildest expectations. Uh, with Eric Armstead out, they were able to stuff the run pretty pretty well. Bosa played really well. I think the only negative that I have on this entire defense is I can't remember the last time Fred Warner has made like one of his signature plays. Um, he, throughout that 2019 year, and even at throughout points last year, he was the best player on on the field, and he was forcing fumbles. He was reading quarterback size and getting interceptions. Um, I haven't seen him make a signature Fred Fred Warner play in what feels like, I don't know, a long, at least five or six games. So I feel like we're we're due for a really good Fred Fred Warner game pretty soon. Uh, but that's the only, I guess, pseudo criticism that I have because even though he he didn't have an an amazing play, like he still played really good, and, and the defense as a whole was absolutely locked down. And I think the addition of these two corners, you can see how much trust they have in in, in Mosley and and Ward. Um, just allows them to do so many different things. And even though the quarterback is god-awful, uh, I still think like teams aren't excited to, to, to play the 49ers because they know how, how tough and how physical uh, this, this defense is. Um, I, I watched a good amount of games yesterday, and I feel like the 49ers are the most – I don't want to use the word disrespectful, but – they know that 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 they're good and they 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 do kind of the 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 bully act like they they push people a little bit late they they get in people's faces they're they're talking smack the whole time um and i think that that shows how much confidence they have specifically in those corners uh which is not something that we've seen over the past couple of years yeah and it was a little bit interesting i, I want to i'll bring up a couple like kind of i guess question marks i've had but overall the defense has been unbelievable this season i don't think there's another way to put it now I think it's also fair to mention like your matchups haven't been that good. I mean, we, and I guess if you say like, Oh, like, will you play Russell Wilson? Yes. But also let's look at how Russell Wilson and that Broncos offenses look not that good. So big test next week against the Rams who also have looked kind of questionable at times, but I mean, the Niners defense has been like insane. You brought up Hufunga, dude. I was not expecting this from Hufunga. I thought Hufunga was potentially going to lose that starting job. Not like I was rooting for him to or anything, but I was just like, Hey, you know, the game speed really wasn't there last season. It's It looks like we're watching a completely different dude in terms of instincts, in terms of how fast he's playing. The jump that he has taken, and I get it's been three games, I don't care. Like, you can tell how insane he is being, how fast he is playing. Um, if a quarterback is going across the middle, Hufunga is there. He's making plays left and right. Um, I think that you look at the D-line. Kevin Givens was making plays today. Nick, but I mean, basically anyone who's on that D line, they didn't have Eric Armstead, which I thought was going to be a pretty like significant loss this uh, yesterday night, and it felt like they didn't really miss a beat, which is crazy because Eric Armstead is one of the most like underrated D linemen in the entire NFL. Um, you brought the corners, so you brought up how much like you kind of feel like you see like that dog mentality, right? In in E Man, who dude, E Man is about to get paid. Like Eman is going to Eman is one of the craziest UDFAs we've seen in quite some time. Um, Charvarius Ward, absolute stud. That play um, down the field was really good. But you see how gritty, how kind of dirty they are. Um, Diamador D- Lenore starts this night, and I just think he he gets a little grabby at times. I, I liked him last year. I thought he flashed at times, but it, there's definitely some stuff to work with. But he's also a dog. Like he's coming in, he is popping guys. He is violent. 
everyone on the defense is so violent. Every single player. And it's something that you really feel right when you turn on the game. Because who was it? It was right as the game started. It was the play where Lenore like wrapped someone up. And E-Man comes in and popped him. I think it was Judy. And you're like, oh, these boys are coming to hit today. Like, they're, no one's playing around. So I think that's one, too. Like, if you look at how the, how the offenses have played against the Niners this year, you could look at it and be like, yeah, that was maybe one of the worst offensive performances in the league every single time, every single week so far. And it's only three weeks. But the difference is last year we got to see that a lot from the front seven. But in the secondary, we didn't see that. You had Kwaski Tart, who I think Kwaski Tart was really overrated for a lot of the time in San, in San Francisco. Like, I think early on in his career, he was flashing a lot. I think he got a little bit older, and, and I thought he was he was serviceable. You know, like not like a crazy playmaker. Hufanga is a, is a playmaker in the back end. When you get Jimmy Ward back there, and you have the, the two corners now, um, in comparison to last year, who we were rocking with Josh Norman and Ambry. I mean, Ambry Thomas is a is a uh, like a bench piece now, which isn't really to knock him, but it's like you have E-Man and Traverius Ward instead of Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman. Josh Norman was getting cooked every single game. It was really bad. And Dre Kirkpatrick last year. Like that level, of, like the, the difference in the defensive backfield talent to from last year to this year is a really, really big jump. And I don't think it's being talked about enough. Um, so defensively, like if we could, if we could separate it, like, all right, what are the grades for the offense? F. What are the grades for the defense? A plus, like A a million pluses, because you don't you you can't ask for better performances than what they put up in the first two weeks. So it's it's really odd when you look up and you go, the defense has perform has uh, allowed nine points combined in the last two weeks, and your record is one and one in those games. <laughs> Insane. Um, <clears throat> but you did bring up a kind of a couple like question marks, I guess, um, with like the defense. I think Fred Warner is I wouldn't say a question mark, but we just haven't really seen him kind of flashing around. Now I will add, look at opposing tight ends numbers. They're literally getting blanketed by Fred. And I think that's a lot to do with just how good he is in pass coverage. So I think if anything, we maybe we don't really see as many pass like a flash plays from Fred because there's other guys stepping up and making those plays because Hufang is doing that. And I still think we will, but I think it's more of like how the defense is built right now, which I guess from a viewership standpoint might be kind of a bummer because Fred is so sweet when he's in the backfield and just like kind of being a a run stuffing monster. Um, But I think we're going to see him kind of more like pass coverage roles, which I think probably makes more sense for the way that this team is built. Um, One other guy that I will kind of put a little question mark next to is Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, and I, I don't think he's been like awful. It's only a few games into the year and, you know, he's come back from a major injury but he is getting stood up at the D line a lot. There was a few plays last night where Javante Williams got some big gash runs just because Javante Williams got, uh, um, Javon Kinlaw got completely moved out of the way. And it's just like getting stood up and like kind of a non-factor. Um, he did have one good pass rush rep where he almost sacked Russ. And then Russ did a little ridiculous plan through like a bomb across the, the heart of the field for like 30 yards. Uh, but I, I think that that's like a question mark. And I think that was one of the guys that we had kind of like wondered, like, okay, coming off major injury, how long does it take him to get back to full strength? We still, you still saw the power at, from times, but he was just getting stood up a lot. And that is, that gets a little scary in the run game. If you start getting stood up a lot as a, as a defensive tackle. So that'd be the only other kind of area I'd knock. But once again, like knocking the, the defense is like kind of absurd. I saw, did you see that Mike Silver wrote like the defense wasn't good enough for something to get the win? Did you see that? His quote was like, "I didn't see that." He basically said like the defense like couldn't like 
they were good. They were like really good, but they weren't good enough to like secure the win or something. I was like, dude, if you are asking any defense to play at the level that they were playing, like I don't know what they, they punted. You said ten times, right? <laughs> and they're like seven three and outs. Like that was an unbelievable defensive performance. So I don't know how we're gonna put any amount of that onto uh, onto the defense. <laughs> um, but let's get a little bit into this um, this 49ers O-line because there are some pretty big question marks when it comes to the O-line right now. Um, Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain, and now you're going to see the clear point of weakness, um, non-quarterback related, from this 49ers team. One of the big areas that the 49ers have done well in over the, the Shanahan era is they've been able to run the football and be very physical. I think that this, this offensive line that they are throwing out is arguably the worst offensive line that they've thrown out under the Shanahan era currently. I'm talking without Trent Williams. Um, Jalen Moore looked really bad. Um, Burford looked really bad. McGlinchey looked really bad. I feel like Aaron Banks right now is probably your best offensive lineman. And if you would have said that last year, that would have been an insane thing to think of. Like if, if you if you heard that last year during kind of when the reports are coming out, like, oh, Aaron Banks looks that bad. Because he, he's looked good this year. And you said he's your best offensive lineman week four. You'd be like, oh, well, the season's over. <laughs> like, I don't really know how else you would think about it. But where are your concerns for this O-line? And do you think they're going to be able to hold up in kind of any capacity without Trent Williams? It's it's hard to say. Um, we've suffered through some bad offensive lines on, on paper. But Shanahan is... Honestly, one of his best skills is working with that battle line. Um, like we we won a week seventeen win in your end playoff game with who's who's starting a right tackle? Because Trent Trent tried to play, didn't play. We 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 started somebody because McGlinchey was was out for the, the the whole year. We started backup tackles in the week seventeen game last year, which was basically a playoff game, and we won. And we put up thirty points, so or twenty what twenty five points was it? Jalen Moore? I know Tom Compton was on the. Right, I think other Compton side. was on the right side. I yeah. honestly think Jalen Moore might have started because Trent came out and said said something after he was like, "I was probably seventy percent, but Jalen Moore is better than my seventy percent, or or something like that." Um, so it's not something that I'm super duper worried about because Kyle does such a good job of making the offensive lineman's job easier. But obviously, when when you lose the best offensive lineman, probably in in the the, the league to a high ankle sprain, which that could be a month and a half that that, that he's out. We we may not see him until week ten. Um, so that's obviously not ideal. It, I don't. If we had Aaron Rodgers back there playing playing quarterback, of course I would feel a little bit better about it because you can get the ball out so quick and you can hit those screens and stuff like that. But um, I mean it it does not bode bode well for Jimmy given how he deals with with pressure um and it makes it even easier for teams to stack the box and be like all right you guys cannot run on us uh Jimmy go ahead and beat us and I haven't seen him do that this year he didn't have to do that against the Seahawks um and he did not do that last night so maybe he's he's able to turn it around and uh, sort of give us a vintage Jimmy performance because I mean as as critical as as we are about Jimmy like whenever he he plays horrible, he he does respond and come back and, and play a little bit better the the following week. Uh, that that Titans game last year uh, was an absolute low point. Uh, but really from then on, he was better. I don't think that makes him great. 
uh, and the, the, the bar is relatively low, uh, but he was, he was better. So hopefully he takes a step forward, makes it a little bit easier on that offensive line. Uh, but you, but you talked about Aaron Banks, shout out to him. Uh, there were a lot of question marks when we let Lake and Tomlinson walk this, this off season, but Banks has been everything that you hoped he, he could be. Um, he's in there playing every single snap. He's moving well. Uh, Burford was kind of that, that star of, of camp and kind of took, I think a, a, a lot of that Banks praise away. Uh, but he's starting to struggle. I mean, he, he's a rookie. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to be like, you, you gotta be great right now. Uh, I think that that's the exception and not the rule. And when you're like a rookie or a second year guy, I'm really only looking for, for you to flash. Um, and he's, he's definitely flashed, uh, but Banks has been rock solid. He's flashed. Um, and just super excited to see where his career goes, uh, given that there were so many question marks when he was drafted. Uh, stock was really, really low on on him last year, but uh, to, to see him doing well and acting sort of as, as a pillar on, on that left side, um, it'll be interesting to see what he does with, with Trent out. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, because now Trent is out. I feel like it's a lot easier to play next to Trent than it is to play next to Jalen Moore, who... Like you said, he looked pretty solid last year in some relief appearances, but he he's definitely there's been some question marks. And and anytime you have a backup tackle in the NFL, that can bode for kind of disaster. Um, now next week is going to be a matchup against uh, maybe the best defensive lineman of all time, and the Niners have actually done a pretty good job when it comes to facing Aaron Donald. But dude, Aaron Donald's going to have the kind of like the pick of the litter of who he's going to go up against. Like it's going to be. It's going to be scary, and and that's why I'm I'm very concerned about this O line for the next few weeks. Like, your right side has looked really bad, and you brought up that that Burford's a rookie. Like, I think that's that's fair, but McGlinchey is awful in, in pass pro. He's he's terrible in pass pro. He's a solid run blocker, but he's he's bad. He's bad. Um, and you have him and Burford, and Burford also similar. Like, he's a guard. He's not that great in pass pro. He's had a couple flash plays in the run game that has been nice, but the right side of the offensive line, you're going to see George Kittle over there give, helping whenever you have a running back in the backfield, your running back's probably going to be lined up onto the right side of Jimmy. Um, and that's even more scary for that left side because you just lost so much where you could kind of scheme around, not like, like scheme around a bad O line because you could depend so much on Trent Williams, right? Trent Williams going, he's going to lock down that side. He's going to be an anchor. And then Banks is playing well. You're like, okay, so at least we got one side kind of down. Um, I feel like it's kind of been a little hard to see, uh, Jake Brendel, like it's t- a little bit tough to evaluate the interior guys. I-, I haven't seen anything that has been like, Oh God, he looks terrible or, Oh, he looks so good or anything like that. Um, but it's not really like super, I wouldn't say that it's like a super confident spot to have Jake Brendel as your starting center. Um, but now all of a sudden your offensive line is pretty beat up. We're like, yeah, let's say you're having a bunch of help for McGlinchey and Burford on the right side. Well, you might have Jalen Moore one-on-one with Aaron Donald on the other side then. Like, that's terrifying. So I think we're going to see so much more offense around the line of scrimmage, even more than we have seen with Jimmy Garoppolo, because if they're trying to, like, sit in the pocket for, like, three, four seconds, it's going to become, like, kind of disaster mode. So the O-line was my biggest concern heading into the season, and I think it's honestly grown. (laughs) Um, now the good thing is you brought up Aaron Banks. I, I I'm very happy that Aaron Banks is kind of looking really good, but, and I don't think it's like to knock him to be like, Oh, he's been the best. Like that's a scary thing. I, I don't think that's the case, but I think it's just like, 
all of a sudden, like you have a pretty, you pretty bad personnel on your O line. And the other thing is, Trent Williams going out with a high ankle sprain, that could be four weeks, right? That could be a month, but he might not be at full strength for another month or two after that. So we might be seeing him kind of get beat a little bit by by speed rushers and stuff like that, where he's just not as quick enough or he's not as powerful enough, and like it might be tough. Um, so anytime you're dealing with this like a big time injury like that, it's it's just hard to project how well he's even going to play when he's back in the lineup. So I think that's kind of another thing to bring up. But no, I'm I'm very concerned about the O line. You brought it up before. Why are we so concerned about the O line? Because of how bad Jimmy Garoppolo has been. So I'm going to ask you this: After one game of Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think there's any chance that? And, and we do. We literally talked about this last year, all year. Oh, Trey Lance should be taken over. Like we want to see Trey Lance. Like Jimmy hasn't been the guy. Is there any chance that Jimmy Garoppolo can get replaced this season? Because like, and I'm not saying right now because we've seen one single game, but that was a bad performance. Brock Purdy was was trending on Twitter. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer, but if you get that performance for the next two weeks, I don't know how you can continue to throw him out there because you're not going to win games and you're going to be bad. Like, I'm thinking, like, is there a way that the 49ers trade for a guy that's a backup and not that good or on that expiring contract, like a Flacco or someone, or I don't know, Daniel Jones? Like, I know these are not positive names. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking like stopgap option if Jimmy looks as bad as he did last night. I'm not expecting him to play at that poor of a level for the rest of the season, but I think watching him one game in is like, dude, that was as bad as we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think it's worth bringing up, like, is there a chance that Jimmy gets to replace this year? I think there's definitely a a chance. That was one of the lowest points in his 49ers tenure. Um, I think before they would trade for someone, they would try out Purdy um, and they'd, see what that sort of looks like because he's sort of tabbed as that backup for for trey for the next few years um so i guess you want to see what what you have with with him um but i mean i don't know it's it's very very difficult for me because it's hard to say that jimmy like shouldn't be prepared because we've seen guys in this shanahan offense like nick nick mullins in in his first start he was he was awesome he he looked really good on on a, a a week of prep and Jimmy has years of, of prep. So I think it's possible. I think that there are a couple names around the league that if Purdy looks horrible and Jimmy continues to play horrible and the Niners are still hanging around games and they're 500 and they're like, we're a game out of a playoff spot. I think you, you look at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, you look at um, Andy Dalton, who's, who's the backup for the Saints. The, the Niners offered him a contract uh, two-ish years ago. So he's a guy that I think they could be potentially interested in. Um, the The Giants have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, that I mean, I, I I don't know if they would want to go as a more mobile guy so they can do some of the stuff that they wanted to do with with Trey. Uh, and it's a good person for, for for Trey to learn from. There's a lot of moving parts involved with that. Um, but I would I, I'd put that that possibility at ten percent. I I think that that's a very low probability. Um, those are just a couple names that popped in my head, but, uh, it's something I'd be surprised about. Um, but I mean, if, if Jimmy looks that bad, I think you have to do something. Um, and maybe you, you trade back for Nate, Nate Sudfeld. I, I truly don't, don't really know. So, um, I think I'm in the same boat you are where I don't expect him to look that bad for the rest of the season. I still think that this could be a playoff team. Um, 
but it, it takes sort of um, a little bit of imagination to imagine that after what, what we saw last week. Dude, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think it's like because I feel like any, some people are gonna be listening. To this like, guys, we've seen one game. We've seen all these years of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, yeah, yeah I understand. But there's also the factor of like Jimmy's gonna make what? Like, is it like thir- thirteen million or like seven million dollars extra? Like, if he's playing that level of football, like that bad, because let's not act like he did just just didn't come off of a significant shoulder injury. Like, that's also part of it. So if he's playing that bad. The idea to replace him or the idea to play a purdy for him, I don't think is that far-fetched. Because like, why would you keep throwing out a guy if he's playing that bad and you're and you're exponentially paying more and more money for him? Like it seems a little bit weird. Now, the other part is we have like we can kind of look at like oh training camp reports and stuff, but we don't really have that good of an idea of what Brock Purdy's how he's playing, how he's going to look in a game. Because he might come out there and he might look way worse. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing is like, if he's a guy that you think is Trey's backup and all of a sudden you're in a deep hole and you're say you lose the next, let's say you lose the next two weeks, you're one and four. Is there really that much of a reason to keep throwing Jimmy out there? I don't know if they're, and I don't think they're going to lose the next two weeks. I think they play, they play the Rams next week, but I think they play the Falcons the week after that. Like you, you better not lose that game. Um, but like, is it that crazy to, to be like, yeah, it's, we need to replace this guy. He's playing awful. Like, I don't think it's that crazy because it's going to be like the difference of like, it's going to be the difference of like a guy like Charvarius Ward or Emmanuel Mosley being on the team next year for that money he's going to make in bonuses that gets deferred over. Potentially, potentially. Um, but that's like a starting level player that he's going to be making. Like, if you're not playing well, then what's the point of having a guy that's going to end up eating up a contract that you will lose a starting level salary for that's kind of a weird thing to it's a weird way to look at it too it's like i feel like some people are looking like oh like niners being cheap or whatever i don't think it's like that i think it's just like it's kind of a bad way to allocate your assets if that's the case um i am expecting him to play better not much better but not that bad (laughs) um because we've seen it for the last few years but i do think it's something that i'm looking at right now like let's maybe let's wait a little bit i think your 10 percent number is probably pretty fair when it comes to a trade I do think there's a decent chance that we could see Purdy. That could be injury-related. I mean, Jimmy's got hurt almost every single year of his career, so that could be injury-related. That could be performance-related, and I think we would see that before we see the Niners go after a quarterback. But if all of a sudden Jimmy plays really bad next week and you hear, like, Niners are working out this guy, Niners are looking to trade for, like, Tyrod Taylor, like or, like, a name like that where just, like, they've discussed whatever, is it going to be that shocking? No, because, like, there's not that much point of – continuing to throw Jimmy out there if he's playing that poorly. Um, but I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to kind of bring up just because we don't really think about replacing your quarterback in the middle of the season, but this situation is so much more strange than like any quarterback situation I've really watched kind of unfold. Um, I don't know any other names or anything about Purdy that you, that you want to bring up before we get into this, uh, this Rams, this upcoming Rams matchup. Uh other names, it's tough. I Flacco would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I I think if I would trade for someone, like I I wouldn't want to give up a whole lot. Um, because even if you trade for a guy like that, he's only going to be marginally better than what Jimmy was giving you. Uh, you know what, what what Jimmy is. He's a solid C. Some days he'll be a B. Some days he'll be a D. We just saw an F. But um. He, he he'll he'll play good enough this season that I think 
he'll start the majority of, of the games. I think it's very much on, on the table that he gets hurt for a game or two and Purdy needs to come in. Uh, but I think that could also be seen as a positive for the Niners because there's no real way to understand uh, how someone's going to look in, in game action than actually putting them out there. So if they've sort of chosen Purdy over Sudfeld, uh, that at least shows that he showed them something. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to see him out there, see see how he does. He looked pretty good during during the, the preseason. Um, and if they want him to be the backup for Lance moving forward and the way that Lance plays, like injuries are going to be some something to consider uh, for sort of the rest of his career. Well, while he matures. Um, I think that that could end up being a positive, but still, um, I, I I think the the betting favorite is Jimmy starts the rest of the season and they end up being okay. Um, if the 49ers line for wins before the season was what ten and a half, now it's probably nine nine eight and a half maybe. Um, but like I like I said, I think this could be a a, a playoff team, but it also could be a six win team. Um, so we're, we're at a very interesting point, uh, given that we don't have our first round pick, we have no reason to, to, to really tank. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens going forward. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I, I do wonder, it's kind of crazy to think about this team as a six win team with the way that the defense has performed over the first three weeks. Um, but I don't think you're wrong in, in saying that. I think that makes sense given what we've kind of seen on the offensive end. Uh, I, I just, it's just hard to kind of project to see what it's going to look like. Um, and the thing is, when we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I think this is why people get very intrigued by a Brock Purdy, for instance, right? Well, one, we could see Brock Purdy just get a little hot streak like Nick Mullins did to start his career. That was that was so funny when they would put up the Nick Mullins numbers and it's like, look, Nick Mullins has has put up Brett Favre-esque numbers, has put up Patrick Mahomes. It's like, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Nick Mullins for like the best starts of their career. It's hilarious. Uh, over like the first like four games, I think it was. But when we look at Jimmy Garoppolo, we like you said, you know what you're getting. And last year, I I was I wanted to see the like I wanted to see Trey Lance. I did because, and it's not like Trey was necessarily going to be better that last year or even this year or whatever you want to say, right? But it was just that we know exactly what we're going to get from Jimmy. You're going to see these games. The 49ers are probably going to be a playoff team. And then you're going to have a game like last night where Jimmy's horrible. We've seen it every year. I don't know how many times I brought it up on, on our show last year, dude, where I would be like, we know what this season is going to be. The 49ers are going to make the playoffs. And in the playoffs, Jimmy's going to shit the bed and they're going to lose. And then what do you know what happened against the Rams? Jimmy was awful. I was at that game. Dude, I was so hyped because like the in that one, the, the Bengals went. And so my thought is, this is the Super Bowl. This is the actual Super Bowl because whoever wins this game is going to beat the Bengals. Their matchups are absurd against that team because the O-line just was not going to be able to hang with either of those teams. The Niners had every reason to win that game. like, And Jimmy, like, late in games and crunch time, like, he's been one... I don't know if you've seen this, Aiden. He is one of the all-time worst playoff performers. Everyone goes and is like, Kirk Cousins can't perform in prime time. Kirk Cousins can't do this. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play worse than anyone in the late stretches in playoff games. And I have also seen Jimmy Garoppolo run out of bounds and throw a pick six on the same play on Sunday Night Football. And last year, I saw him do a double spin and throw the ball behind him. I have never seen I don't know if I've seen another quarterback do both those things on prime time before. Yeah, Kirk can't hit his timing routes and he gets all like screwed up and he starts missing guys and like, 
it just becomes kind of a disaster. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look to the level where it's like, what is happening, man? Like guys are running around going crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's just crazy, dude. Like I, I really was hope I was so excited for Trey Lance this year. And I knew it was going to be, like, I knew it was going to be bad at times. Like I knew we were going to see plays where it's like, Oh, Trey's struggling. Trey's doing this. I know they're going to run the ball heavy with him. Um, it's a bummer. Now, you know what? Okay, you know be the craziest thing of them all is if 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 Trey ended up coming back late in the year, which I think is virtually I would put it at a, at a one percent maybe chance, but that would be something that would be like, oh my god, look at this, like the most roller coaster quarterback season there ever was. Um, but I'm not expecting that to happen at all. So let's get into this Rams matchup a little bit. For some reason, the 49ers are favored uh, by minus two, two and a half right now. Uh, I have no idea how that's the case. Me and Aiden were talking about it before the show started. We were kind of like, um, how? <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a fun one. And I want to say a couple of things before I start. Because I said, I don't know how they're favored. Well, every time I, I look at the Niners-Rams matchup, and I go, how are the Niners favored? They're not going to win this game. That's when they beat the Rams. And it's happened almost routinely over the past three, four years. So maybe that's what Vegas is kind of getting on. Like, oh, everyone thinks the Niners are going to suck. That means the Niners are going to come out and they're going to win this game. This is a classic bounce back game. I certainly hope that is the case. Um, we were talking about the offensive line a little earlier. And I brought up that I am terrified for the Aaron Donald matchup against who the 49ers can be thrown out on the O-line. Um, that's kind of the biggest, like, oh my God, question mark. But what do you think about these teams matching up? What are you kind of feeling right now? It's it's weird. I don't really understand how we're two point favorites, but Vegas always knows. So I'm gonna trust them. Um, I guess we should expect to win this game. I guess um, it's it's gonna come down to just like every game whether Jimmy can do it. Uh, hope hope he can, but I really like. I'm I'm very in like I I, I don't understand how um, I. I guess the, the the Niners have nowhere to go but up, uh, so there's there's a positive to to be said there. But maybe Jimmy walks into the facility today and is like, "All right, I'm back," uh, and we look good in, in in practice, and there's positive things thrown out. But like maybe we need to have him practice against the second team defense so he 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 can get his confidence up, like. Honestly, I, I truly don't really know what I would do in Kyle Shanahan's shoes moving forward. But, like, this this could be a statement win. Like, being 2-2, two and two, and I think you're still tied for the division lead. Um, you'd be with the Rams, who are 2-1. and one. The Cardinals are, what, 1-2. and two. Um, Like, you could – like, this this went from being one of the best divisions in football to you could win it going 9-8. and eight. So – Hopefully the 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 Niners are are the winner of of this sort of bloodbath. I think Seattle should be two wins. The Cardinals don't don't look good, uh, but I mean it's it's going to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo and whether he can, uh, I guess, do enough against these stacked boxes. But I my my expectations are are low, even though Vegas is is hyping us up a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you guys tell you guys right now. Like I think the expectations are low for me too. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to be rooting for the team. Doesn't mean I'm not pulling for them to play really well. Uh, but I just think this is a rough matchup. I think a lot of times in the past we've looked at these these uh, 49ers Rams matchup, and there's been a there's been a big advantage for the Niners in the middle of the field. But we have to remember that the, the Rams added Bobby Wagner. Like the Rams linebacker plays a lot better than it's been in years past. Where 
they it felt like they're running random guys out of linebacker, and that's why you'd see Kittle. That's why you see Debo. These guys would just go insane, right? They would just be going off in in these games. Um, I think the matchups are a little bit different now. I also want to bring up that the Rams haven't looked that good. They really have not looked that good, and their defense has especially been kind of sus. The offensive line is awful. The Rams' offensive line is terrible. So. I see someone, 49er Media says right here, it's going to be another baseball game, let's go. Dude, it easily could be another baseball game type of score because the both these offensive lines are going to be getting killed in this one. We've seen how ridiculous the Niners front seven and especially the D-line has looked. The Rams are the same way. The Rams have that same advantage. So if I'm looking at it from matchup-wise, both of these defenses are going to kind of like almost like run the table. Like this should this could be a game where there's a lot of turnovers, Matthew Stafford, what well, he led the league in interceptions last year. Now, the difference is that Matthew Stafford in the fourth quarter is like ridiculously good. Like he had like a 12 to 0 touchdown interception ratio last season and released clutch performance after clutch performance. But both of these D lines are going to eat. Both of these secondaries are probably going to make some plays. There's a couple advantages for the offense. Like I still like the Niners kind of against maybe the in, like part, like some of the like the DBs, I guess, for the Rams, but like. All right, but then Jimmy can't really get the ball outside the number. So it's like there's a lot of things where I'm looking at this game like, yeah, you can look at it and be kind of even, but I think the biggest difference is that one of the teams has Matthew Stafford and one of the teams has Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, based on what he looked like yesterday, I don't know if I can have that much faith in him on being able to go and and win a primetime game like this. So I don't want to act like I have no hope or no faith. I think the defense is going to be really good. I think you're going to see them kind of make some big-time plays, similar to how last year on Monday night against the Rams, we saw that. Oh, shit has hit the fan. Like, what are the Niners going to do? We see them go out. We see them just kind of have that defense carry, and that offensive line runs the ball really well. If the 49ers are going to win this football game against the Rams, they are going to have to come in with an amazing game plan. They're going to have to be able to control the clock, run the football very effectively, and play ahead because the second that they start playing behind, and I don't even mean like like scoreboard behind, but in terms of their offense where they get into more like a pass-centric offense and they're more pass-heavy and they kind of get away from kind of like driving down the field. I would, Like not driving down the field, but like, uh, like getting to the second level with that O-line. When they stop doing that, that's when things get really scary. And you have no Trent Williams in this one. You can't rely on your left side to be phenomenal in pass pro and in run blocking. So – they're going to have to have a couple guys have some big-time games. This is one that you – I mean, I thought this past game was one that you would really circle for Debo. This one is one of those two. Like, you're going to need – Debo's going to need 10, 15 touches, and a lot of those are going to be plays where he needs to kind of make something out of nothing. Like, they're going to really have to heavily rely on Debo. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with this one. I think defensively, I think the Niners are going to be really good. Like, I, I think they're going to be able to perform – Maybe not like statistically at, at the same level they have these first couple of weeks, but I think it'll look similar to what we've seen where it's like this defense is flying around. The D line is getting up. The D line is throwing offensive linemen around. And so what I think you're, you're kind of banking on for a winning strategy is running the, this is every Kyle Shanahan and, and 49ers game, but playing extremely good defense and running the football at a high level. I don't even think you can really bank on a lot of like a couple shots down the field in this one. Like, 
I think that that's literally what you're banking and you're banking on winning the game 17 to 14 or, you know, 17 to 13 or whatever that is. And just being able to kind of survive and eat up the clock in the second half. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, we've seen the 49ers when they, this 49ers team, especially the defensive side of the ball, when they've had kind of their backs against the wall over these past few seasons, it's when they're at their best. So I'm hoping that that's the case, but at the end of the day, I still think it's absolutely insane that the Niners are favored by two and a half points in this one. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you talked about it. Um, we, we really just need, like, I need to see something that I haven't seen. Uh, for me to feel really confident about this season moving forward. But ju- just like last year, this Rams game could could be sort of a look-in-the-mirror moment where uh, it, it changes the whole trajectory of, of the, the season. So um, I'm excited for the opportunity. Defending Super Bowl champs, um, Niners are, they really have nothing to lose. They, they, they have their backs against the wall. Uh, and if you win, you're tied for the division lead. So um, even though that that Broncos game was ugly, hard to watch, um, it doesn't really change anything in the division race moving forward. Uh, as long as you beat your your division opponents, like you're going to win the the division. So um, these these are where it, it, it really matters. And um, I'm excited to see how it how it looks. Hopefully, Jimmy shows us something because he showed us nothing. Um, and I mean, if, if, if we're doing score predictions right now, it's going to be hard for me to predict a 49ers win, but I'm always going to do it. Uh, 21, 20, uh, something like that, where honestly, we, we, we might need a defensive touchdown, uh, to, to, to get to 21 points, but, um, that's, that's my final score prediction. I'm going to say. 20 to 13 rounds. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just what we've seen, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind where I'm at with this matchup, too. I feel like it's tough. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, I, I think the recipe is pretty clear. Like, you, you said it right. Like, you're going to need a kick return or a pick six or a fumble six. Dude, and now, okay, that was something that was really frustrating last night as well. And, and the defense played so well, so you don't want to bring it up. But, like, there were multiple plays where they – that fumble that Russ had at like the three yard line and the one that got tipped up, dude. If you just if you pick that one off or you pick and scoop that scoop and score that fumble, you win the game. Like that's that was something too. And then that's that's football. I mean, you can have a couple of those that kind of bounce your way or roll your way or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this one. But I think that's probably gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, I want to let everyone know that that's been listening to the stream. Um, we are going to keep recording every, basically going live every Monday around 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and we'll be kind of recapping the game and then talking about the next week game as well. But with that said, thank you guys for hopping on. And we'll have videos with like of this live stream posted out th- for the rest of the week. And we'll be back next Monday. Um, and we'll talk to you guys then. Thanks so much.